The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. We welcome our online listeners. This is an exciting day. We want to announce to you a couple things. First of all, we finally have our app. So those of you who are interested in following our slides that we're actually going to be teaching from today and every week following, you can get it on our homepage on our website. So if you're an Android user, all you got to do is go to the Play Store And uh, in your search bar, just type in IOM America, and it will take you to our app. You just simply download that app, and once the app is loaded, you will tap on whatever the uh, PDF is that you want to view, but today, it is Jesus is a Democrat, which I will be explaining. But that's the one you're going to tap for this particular message, is Jesus is a Democrat. There's also a special page that is on our website that keeps track of every document that we put on the front page. So you'll have to search around in the menu bar until you see that. If you're an iPhone user, it's pretty simple. You just go to your browser, you type in IOM America, take you to our website, tap on that. And you will see these documents on our homepage. Pretty simple stuff, straightforward. I want to advertise a book today. We do not get any profits from the book of the week, which we're starting today. And you'll be hearing about a book every single week on the podcast. But a very dear friend of Jane and I, as well as a mentor for many years, uh, Leela Faber, He wrote a book called Shackling of Grace. And what this book is about is how do you deal, listen very carefully, how do you deal with controlling people around you? That's what the book focuses on. It's not necessarily just you that the book is going to minister to, but in regard to how do you deal with someone who is constantly having to have control around you. They're the most difficult people to live with or work with. The Shackling of Grace by Leela Faber. And if you're in question on how you can get that book, just go to our website under Exchange Life Books and you will see this book cover and it will link you directly to his order page. It's a great book on how to deal with controlling which is most of us. So we want to welcome you to our Identity Theft series. 
This is number 157, believe it or not. The Identity Matters series itself, we're in 157. We have a sub-series going, that is Identity Theft, which is basically the audio messages that are going to go with our new workbook, which we hope will be available in ebook fashion by Christmas time. But we'll just have to see if we get it done. But our topic today is not just the millennial Jesus, but Jesus is a Democrat. Now I was told that by Councilee recently that Jesus is a Democrat and I'm going to prove it to you. And he did. I'll explain that in a few minutes. But the logic that he presented to me is correct. Now I know there's listeners listening right now to say no Jesus is a Republican and I can prove that. Or Jesus is a Tea Party supporter. Well the reality is that Jesus fits a Democrat more than any other branding that you can give him. Now you'll have to listen to a little more of the podcast to understand our logic and reason behind that. But I will tell you up front, I am not a Democrat. So Jesus and I have got a problem. If this is true. I want to thank our president for signing the, the uh, bill on religious liberty so that we can literally talk about politics again in our messages without getting in trouble. Because this particular message is going to have some salted issues of politics in it. And it's really impossible to separate politics from Jesus, since he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the great politician. So to have us blocked out of being able to discuss this in our church messages seriously did some damage. Let's take a look at our scripture for today. This is 1 John, chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. If you're listening on the podcast via sermon.net, you'll see a little tab right to your right that says Bible. We have it set up in such a way you just tap Bible and it will literally take you to this passage. If you're listening on YouTube, I'm afraid there's nothing we can do about that. You're just going to have to open up your Bibles. But it's 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Here's what it says. We're going to mess with your mind now. Or at least Holy Spirit will. Children, it is the last hour. Now think about when this is, when this is written. Children, who's he talking to, these little, little kids here? No. He is talking to anyone who has been adopted from the Adamic world into the, the eternal world where Jesus is not only king and savior, but he is our husband and we are the bride of Christ. But we are the children of God truly adopted in, and that is who John is talking to. So children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that 
and the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. Now I gotta ask you, what's an Antichrist? Anybody that's wanting to take the place of Jesus Christ and assume his throne. Okay. So any figure that basically uses I am the Messiah, I am the leader of religion. I am the leader of religious liberty. I am the leader of, and of course the list goes on and on. So many people associate this with the capital A. The Antichrist. There are many, many, many that work for the capital A Antichrist. And these Antichrists have been appearing since the very time that Jesus was put on the cross. There were religions that were formed immediately, one being the Catholic Church, immediately upon him hanging on that cross. There were these religious leaders that seized the opportunity. Muhammad shortly seized the opportunity of the rumors that were going around about this Messiah which they ultimately, of course, called Issa, which means Jesus, great prophet. If you use the term, for example, indwelling Jesus with someone who is of the Muslim faith, you have committed the worst crime there is. Because you are saying that Allah lives inside your mortal body. Because we call Jesus God. You see the problem that it would cause? The Catholic Church was, was all over this initial death of Christ. So they had to very quickly form a different kind of Christ that was external. Revelation chapter 2 verse 16, it talks about how Jesus hates the deeds of Deacon Nicholas. Deacon Nicholas is considered the very first Pope leader of the Catholic Church, he was saying that you people are, are too sinful to intercede directly with Christ and you need a priest to go through and let us intercede with Christ. That was first generation church. The seven churches were affected by this deacon. So, that's what he's talking about here. There's Antichrist everywhere trying to seize the popularity of the real Christ. And it worked. It worked perfectly. There are religions in this community and other smaller communities that are still surviving off of the popularity of Jesus, the real Christ, who died on the cross for your sins. And you must receive him into your life in order to have his life to be set free. To this hour, it's around you. So don't tell me their, their lies and their deception and their quick moments of seizing the truths about Jesus Christ. You can follow principles of Jesus and think you're going to heaven. Now, my imam friend, 
if I set him down here in front of you and I asked him, are you going, of course they call it paradise, but if I asked him, are, are, are you absolutely certain that you are going to heaven or paradise? Do you think he's going to hesitate? Not one bit. Hesitation is an unbeliever to them. And those who hesitate must be dealt with. There's no hesitation in, in, in Muslim faith. Same thing with other religions. Other religions are wanting to bring the people to the point that they do not hesitate when they're asked the simple question of who is your Christ? See, John knows all this is going on in first generation. I mean, John the Beloved was walking around with Jesus, taking care of Jesus, cleaning his sandals for him. This is first generation stuff and he's saying, there are antichrists around us right now. Now I want you to just keep that in mind as we move forward. They went out from us. Well, who's the us? The church. The church. These are people sitting out there on the hillsides as Peter and John and others are preaching and they're gathering data. Are you with me? Knowledge of the holy. Tree of knowledge stuff. This is educational for them. And they're, they're remembering very, very carefully what Peter and John and others are saying about this Jesus Christ. And they're going out from those fellowships. And here's what they do with it. But they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. The first sign of adulterizing the gospel is forsaking it. It's like leaving your wife. That's the first sign adultery has, hap has happened. Idolatry is the exact same way. It functions the very same way. As soon as there is a forsaking, there's an idol in place. And once that idol is in place, they talk about Jesus as if they know Jesus. They follow Jesus as if he's the real Jesus. And this big A of the Antichrist goes, this is too easy. These sheep are dumb. Because they think following the principles and concepts of a real Jesus is the answer. So, and that existed back here. And it is our number one worldwide crisis today. Follower versus indwelt. It's the number one deception in the church. Well done, John. Thank you for listening. So, and then it says, but they went out so that it would be shown that they are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. 
And you all know I have not written to you because of you, because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lies is of the truth. Who is the liar? But the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus the Christ is, Jesus is the Messiah, but you see you have to dice up Messiah in Hebrew, and then you could probably play around with it a little bit in the Greek. And the Greek is what most people are used to understanding what Messiah means. So, pulling the two together, it is basically he is God. There's no one that comes close to him. So the number one world issue that's going to be affecting and infecting the church as a whole, and that is, I don't necessarily believe that Jesus is God. And this is the group he's talking about. This is the Antichrist. Even though my translation didn't put that in a capital A, it should have been. This is the Antichrist. So what I'm reading here is the Antichrist is one of the greatest fakes known to world history. And most are buying into it. The one who denies the Father and the Son, that's who this Antichrist is. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We've quoted that so many times at funerals and weddings, we think that we believe it. But if you truly believe that God the Father is truly God, you wouldn't put any other God before him. If you truly believe that Jesus Christ is God, you would never say Jesus Christ when you were upset. And so forth and so on. The evidence of who you believe your God is, is who John and what John is addressing here. Whoever denies the Son denies not to have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. I'm going to show you an interesting fact about the millennials. The millennials tend to form their own God. Now this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. People have been forming their own God since Nimrod. So we know the problem has been around a long time, but never have we seen a culture worldwide become so bold that they would purposely rub it in the face of Jesus Christ. We've never really seen this level of arrogance. So, even though most millennials claim to be atheists, what's an atheist? Someone who does not believe in any God. Okay, someone who does not believe in any God. The fact is, this simply is not true. There is not one single atheist on the face of the earth. There has never been an atheist on the face of the earth. 602. 292-2982. There has never been an atheist on the face of the earth. 
Anytime someone confesses to be an atheist, they tell me one simple thing. Someone died in their past. The church has hurt you. The church hurt your family. You've been ripped around by the leadership of the church. You made some kind of decision based on a spiritual wounding that happened to you or your family. And that rare few that came up with being an atheist all on their own without any pain, well, I've got news for you. Your greatest pain is you have to be God so you can say there is no God. And those who are that arrogant are in very deep trouble. That is standing up in the face of God. There are those who stand up in the face of Jesus Christ. He's designed by God. He is made by God to handle sin. Is he not? You stand in the face of God and say you don't exist. The fact that you're addressing him says you're a liar. That's the irony of, of, of atheism. It just simply does not exist. So... Those of you millennialists who are listening, you can give me a buzz at 602-292-2982. I will respond. Most of the 80 plus million millennials in America, 1.8 billion worldwide, tend to cement their religious beliefs and their own personal discoveries about God. You see, atheists have no problem with being their own God. Which literally erases their title. Anyone who thinks they have an opinion that rises up against the creator of the universe is an idiot. Anyone who thinks they can interpret what God means by what God says is an idiot. It's dangerous territory to say, I know the mind of God. Or better yet, the mind of God doesn't exist. Well, who made you God to figure that out? You see how dangerous it is? You have to rise up to a God position that is above God to make comments like that. Thank God Jesus is able to deal with that stuff. We make very ridiculous comments to God that obviously cannot be backed. Thus forming their own God or self-life, which is typically acquired through public education. They often have liberal arts degrees, degrees of math, sciences. Why else would they call them liberal arts? These are studies. And the enemy is going to pick a venue where the young minds are getting fed the most. That would be probably a duh. So I, I would go after public schools for kids. I'd go after colleges for young adults. I'd go after areas where they're sitting there and they, they've, they've got their minds open. Be open-minded by what you're to hear in this class. So they peel off their guards. And all this data from the tree of knowledge starts pouring in. And it's like certain things that used to be believed by faith 
they actually say can be proven by science. For example, that man wrote the Bible. And you ask them, why do you keep tampering with the Bible? Why are you guys coming out with this animal-friendly uh, uh, translation in 2018? Why? This is ridiculous. Man originally wrote the Bible. Man will continue to write the Bible. Science proves it. That's a quote-unquote. Science proves it. So to them, it's completely logical. Why wouldn't we mess with the Bible? Why wouldn't we mess with tran uh, translations? So this is a huge issue, and I know that the, the, the majority of the listeners are just not going to get this. But I'm telling you, just keep watching the news. You're going to get it someday. It's all going to come into place when you realize that education does not equal transformation. Jesus Christ and Christ alone is the only one that was assigned permission to bring transformation. Let's look at our little dude here. So this little guy is saying, hey dude, I am my own God. Now you've got to be pretty bold to actually say I am my own God. And it is done, it is said. But... Over the past decade, the millennial anti-parent culture has moved itself into the Christian community. Christian millennials are pretty much carbon copies of the atheist millennial clan, but throw their beliefs of this new millennial Jesus right into the mix. They just mix it up. Now, you're going to be hearing about the Millennial Jesus. The label Millennial Jesus is one of the fastest religious terms growing on the Internet today. So you need to be aware of something. So what I'm sharing with you is a little bit has a bent of, of prophetic elements on it. This Millennial Jesus, as I'm told by a leading Millennial, is our Jesus. He is not the Jesus of our traditional church. He is not the Jesus of our parents. He is not the Jesus of our grandparents. He is our Jesus. He dresses different. He talks different. He walks different. And he works for us. These are quotes I'm giving you. So I became fascinated with where this group is going with this millennial Jesus and found out a few interesting facts. These millennial Jesus followers are drawn to emergent churches. Now these are churches that do a blending of the natural, neutral, global worldview thinkers and they mix that all in with what they would consider original thought. Now get this, listener, 602-292-2982. These people actually believe they have original thought. Do you understand the, the logic here and the illogic that it ends up in if anyone believes they have original thoughts inside their brain, 
They're already guilty of this. No human has original thought. No human. There is nothing new under the sun. There's no thought that you have had that is brand new. You have to believe by sincerity that you have original thought before you can claim what this young man is claiming. Hey dude, I am God. Only God conceives original thought. Only God conceives original creation. Only God conceives original word. And I, there's passages from Genesis to Revelation that confirms the author, the originator of any belief is God. Now what Satan does is since he cannot be an originator of thought, I said that correct, Satan cannot have a thought on his own. Which means he has to steal the pieces from God's word and he has to twist them up to form what he's got these people believing as original thought. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.